Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I don't know if you know this, but Good Friday, on Friday night, we had two services and we also had water baptisms. We baptized over 300 people on Good Friday this last, this last Good Friday. It was crazy and it was cool. And not only that, but it was the official release of our brand new song called Yahweh. It's the song that we just sang. It was called Yahweh. It's now on all music platforms. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. If you want a copy, you can also scan this and it will take you right to it. And you can download that for your enjoyment. And uh, I think that you'll, you'll, it'll get you through a lot of moments in your life because uh, God is good. And having to know we need a good God to get us through in life. I, I want to preach a sermon called Yahweh. <laughs> Somebody say Yahweh. Somebody say Yahweh. How about everybody say Yahweh. 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 I want to preach a sermon called Yahweh. Before I do and dig into it, I'm going to pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for your word today. We pray that you would speak to us today, God, that uh, Lord, we would leave changed. We would leave changed. We would not be the same when we leave here as when we walked in. God, we love you so much. We praise this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you do me a favor? Would you give our worship team a round of applause? Aren't they great? Aren't they great? Amelia and Daniel, our worship leaders, do not know how to meter their energy for nine services. They're going to come out and give you everything they've got every single time. And I'm really proud of them. But our band's insane. I mean, they're just stupid insane. So let's give them one more round of applause. <laughs> Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh originates in the book of Exodus. Somebody say Exodus. Exodus chapter 3 is the story about Moses and the burning bush. If you've heard the story, say, I've heard it, I've heard it, I've heard it. Moses, this is like 14 of you have heard this story. This is crazy. So I have to educate the rest of you. Moses is walking along in the wilderness in a bush goes up in flames but the bush doesn't burn up it's just burn in and so Moses is tripping because the bush ain't burning up and he's kind of walking over to this bush like dude what is going on with this bush he gets close to the bush and in verse 5 the voice of God through an angel says Moses do not come any closer and he says take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Then down in verse nine, God says, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Now, before I continue on, I want you to know that God also sees your cries. God also sees your tears. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 56 that God collects our tears in a bottle. This is where Moses receives his calling. 
This is where Moses receives his why in life. Moses, I need you to go to Pharaoh, to the Egyptian people, to lead my people out of bondage. This is his call in life. Now, this is what Moses' response was. Moses, in verse 11, it says, he protests to God. And he says, God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like that? I was asking everybody, not like five of you. Have you ever felt like that? (laughs) Maybe you're just an overly confident service because all the other ones felt like that. But like, have you ever felt like, man, I am not equipped for this. I am not maybe educated enough for this. I don't know if I have the experience for this. God, who am I to do such a great task? Who am I? Who am I to have this mantle placed on my life? I personally feel like that all the time, especially when it comes to pastoring the great people of Impact Church. I find myself asking myself all the time, like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm educated enough. I don't think I have enough experience. I don't think I'm righteous enough. I don't think I'm holy enough. Actually, I should not be a pastor. If y'all knew me, like I know me, you would have picked a different church today. Like I'm thinking, God, I don't know if I'm the right guy. I mean, I've had some junk in my past. Like I've been arrested several times. I've been put in the back of a police car several times. I've been taken to jail several times. The good news is I have not been arrested, taken to jail or put in a police car in about eight days right now. So we're doing good. We're on a roll. I've been, I've been, man, and, and I am your pastor, (laughs) which, which, which tells me a whole lot about you. If you're coming to me, (laughs) I don't know where y'all have been. And actually I'm curious how many you've been arrested. Come on. You got to raise it. You're in church. If you lie, you fry, you've been arrested raise it. This is definitely the center service. This is the, you win, you win. This is our seventh service. (laughs) Y'all win. This is the, I've been to jail for Jesus service right here. (laughs) So one more time, you've been to jail. How about you've been to jail? You've been to jail. Okay. What'd you go to jail for? Yeah, you. No, it's okay. It's okay. It sounds like a lot of pressure. I can see you just went into complete like distress. Like, <laughs> well, well, I went for a DUI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's right. God, who am I? And this is what Moses is saying. I love this response. You ready for this response? God says, He says, God said, I will be with you. You know, I love this. God, who am I? Who am I to do this? God said, I'll, I'll be with you. God, who am I? And God answered, I will be with you. God, who am I? I will be with you. In other words, it's not about who you are. It's about who he is and the fact that he is going to go with you. And God has always gone with you and God will always go with you. 
that's better preaching than some of you clap for. Because I know that this is the way it goes. Like normal on a weekend, we'll have 6,000 people. There'll probably be 16,000 people here this weekend, which means there's 10,000 of you that you have not been to church since last Easter. And I just want to say welcome back. And we'll see you next Easter. And for those of you that are real crazy and super Jesus freaks, we'll probably see you at Christmas. And then we'll see you at next Easter. Don't act like I'm lying up here. Y'all know who you are. We even know who you are. There's a certain look about you. You look terrified. You look scared. You're quiet. You're not loose. You're like, oh my God, I'm going into church. Like, I ain't been here in a while. Better put my joint down before I walk in there. I said, man, nobody can see it, right? No, nobody can see it. I, nobody can see my bag. It's a, <laughs> It's a sinner service. I now know who I'm preaching to this service. So I'm ready for you. Who am I? I, I will be with you. And then Moses, Moses, Moses in verse 13, he protests again. It's like a modern day American citizen. Just keep protesting about everything. And then it says, Moses protests. And he says, God, if I go to the people of Israel and I tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me, what's his name? What should I tell them? Verse 14, God replies to Moses and he said, you're going to tell them, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, can you help me? Yahweh, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they have sent me to you. What God was saying is, I am and I always have been and I always will be God. I am who I am. I am God. I am the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am your provider. I am your sustenance. I am a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I am your help ever-present help in the time of trouble. I am your rock and your salvation. I am your deliverer. I am your shelter in the time of storm. I am your healer. I am with you always. I am able to do infinitely, exceedingly, abundantly, more than anything you can ask or imagine. I am everything that you need in life. I am Yahweh. So if you're like wondering, well, what does Moses and Exodus and the Egyptians and Pharaoh have to do with Jesus and the resurrection? Well, I'm glad you're wondering because I'm about to tell you everything. It has everything to do with Jesus, everything, because when Jesus came 1500 years after Moses, he said this in John 8, 58. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered before Abraham was born. What does he say? I am. I am. I have always been. The alpha and the omega means it's not just the beginning from the end, but it's cyclical. I've always been. I've never not been. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, let's read this verse out loud. Ready? Here we go. 
in the beginning was the word and the word. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I think the people outside in overflow, you're trying to get out of doing this out loud. Okay. We got to do this out loud. If you're online watching at home, we're going to do this out loud. All right. And, and, and we're not going to do it like, like wimpy punk Christians. We're going to read this like we love Jesus Christ. We're going to read this out loud. Ready? I'm, I will leave right now. One person's ready. I've already done this. I've already done this so many times. I literally walk off the stage and leave y'all to go play on the carnival. So let's read this out loud together. Here we go. In the beginning. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is a crazy verse. He's like, in the beginning was the word, capital W. And the capital W word was with God. And the capital W word was God. And the capital W word became flesh. Which means the capital W word that's always been with God has always been decided to become flesh. Which means the word became Jesus. Why? Why would Jesus say, I've come to dwell among you. I've come to make my dwelling among you. Because he had to die for you. And he did die for you. That's why. This is what John 8, 28 says. It says, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, you will understand that I am he. I am Yahweh. I am. In fact, there are seven prominent times that Jesus said, I am. I wish I had time to get into all seven of them, but I'm going to at least get into two of them today, but there are seven of them. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He said, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He said, I am the door. If you enter through me, you will be saved. He said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. That's five of them. But I want to look at two today together on this resurrection Sunday. And the first one is he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. By the way, happy resurrection sun- Sunday, everybody. I'm so glad that we have a, Jesus, a, a Savior who is risen. Luke 24, it says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered... They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. He has risen. 
It's not that Jesus just rose from the dead. Like that's pretty dope, man. Think about that. He rose from the dead. We know that he rose from the dead. 2000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead, but it's not just that he rose from the dead. It's that he still raises the dead. It's not that he just rose from the, he still raises the dead. Like I have seen with my own eyes, God raised marriages that were dead back to life. I have seen with my own eyes, people with stage four cancer right here in this church who had a death sentence, who have been 100% healed and are a hundred percent cancer free. God raises dead things back to life. That's what Jesus is about. Y'all remember the story of Lazarus? If you only come every Easter, you don't remember it. So I'll tell you about it. Lazarus and Jesus were really tight. They were homies. Jesus, Lazarus, Lazarus, two sisters, close. Well, Lazarus got so sick that he was going to die. And so the sisters, the girls, they send a message out to Jesus and they said, Jesus, the one whom you love is really sick. You need to get here so that you can pray and heal him. <laughs> After days, it's like, Jesus, will you come here, my brother? Yeah, but I got some other stuff I got to do first. And for two days, he's doing miracles and ministry for other people. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, where you pray for God to do something in your life and it feels like he's not answering it yet, but it feels like other people's prayers are getting answered. God, I want a baby. We can't have a baby. They had a baby. Have you ever felt like that? And the girls, they're thinking like, man, where's Jesus? He's the, he's the close friend to Lazarus and he didn't even show up. Well, finally Jesus shows up and the girls are all broken and they're destroyed emotionally because Lazarus had died. They said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, you're too late. If only you had been here sooner. Lazarus is dead. He's really dead. In fact, he's so dead. There's an odor now. That's what the Bible says. You got to love it. Like he don't smell so good. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And then Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live again. And Jesus called out in a loud voice. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, take off his grave clothes and let him go. Now, I do not expect 99% of you to feel this the way I do. But let me tell you how I feel it. For those of you that don't know, four and a half months ago, I had a brain aneurysm and a stroke on November 14th. I lost my speech. I lost my cognition. I lost my motor skills, 
my memory, everything. The doctor told my wife in the hospital that it was a basal ganglia stroke and that basal ganglia strokes, the effects of them are irreversible. The doctor told me two weeks after the stroke, two weeks after the stroke, you should be dead or a vegetable. Where that blood bled out, you should be dead or a vegetable. I will never forget that phrase. You should be dead or a vegetable. The effects are irreversible. But you know what got me to thinking that there's this guy I know that kind of built his reputation on reversing the irreversible. He rose from the dead and he raises the dead. And y'all in the back probably can't see this far up here, but I happen to be talking just fine. I have my speech back and I have my cognition back and I have my memory back and I have my motor skills back because we serve a God who raises the dead. And I believe what God does for me, he will also do it for you. He will do it for you. So whatever dead is in your life, I believe that God will raise that dead thing back to life because he's the God of the resurrection. I want you to look at somebody and tell him he's going to do it for you. Come on. He's going to do it for you. Somebody say he's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for you. Do you believe that? I want to preach to the once a years for a minute. Actually, I want to preach to all the white Baptists and the Lutherans and the Methodists and the whatever you came from. If you didn't come from black church, I want to talk to you for a minute. You know why? Because what happens is like, I feel like I'm playing in an away game right now. Because this ain't the normal crowd. The normal crowd like 95% of them are, they holler back at me. <laughs> they, 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 and, and I love what my friend last week said, because I had a guest friend here preaching. He said, y'all need to holler back. It's not about me. I don't need to feel it. I already know it. I already know the truth. I'm already excited about the truth. Some of y'all need to hear yourself because the Bible says that your words have the power of life and death. So when I say something good, you ought to say amen. I believe that. I believe that. I know I need that in my life. He's right. Hey, hey, he's right. Hey, you need that. (laughs) You need that in your life. So I just need some hollerbacks. And then for the rest of you, you don't have to holler back for another year. How about that? Man, I'm excited about number two. Who's excited about number two? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Do you know that's freaking savage? Them angels are savage for that statement. <laughs> why are you looking for the living among, among, the, among the dead? What? He ain't here. You know why? Hey, you know what, Monty? Do you know why that's savage? I know you know because you've heard me say it now eight times. You know why it's savage, but you didn't know it first. The reason it's savage is because that verse made it into our Bible. So God wanted us to know about it. Not about the girls who came to the tomb, 
this verse is about you. And God is telling you, why do you keep looking for the living among the dead? You know, everything the world has to offer you is dead. You're thinking, man, if I just get that girl. I'm not saying the girl's dead. I mean, she might be. (laughs) We're all looking for life. Don't you want life? I want life. We're all looking for fulfillment. We're all looking for joy, satisfaction. We're all looking for life. I have never met a person in my life. They woke up and said, man, I'm just praying to God my life sucks. <laughs> Have you? Nope. I've never met anybody that woke up and said, I hope today is hectic, chaotic. I hope I'm full of fear and anxiety. Never. We all want peace, joy, happiness, comfort. We all want fulfillment. So what do we do? We go to the grave and we try to find it. And I said, you know what? I can find it at the club and then it's not there. You know what? I can find it in that girl and it's not there. I can find it in that guy and it's not there. I can find it in that substance and it's not there. I can find it in that alcohol and it's not there. I can find it in that pornography and it's not there. I can find it in the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and it's not there. I can find it in possessions and it's not there. I can find it in power and it's not there. I can find it in prestige. It's not there. I can find it in position. It's not there. If I'm successful, if I just get more educated, if I just become more successful and you still find yourself unfulfilled. My third year of pastoring Impact Church, I brought a guest in who you all have heard of and I did an interview with him. His name is Rev Run from Run DMC. He sat on this stage with me and I asked him, how did you come to know Jesus? And he said, Most people's bottom is where they start. My top was my bottom. I had everything. I had the houses. I had the Rolls Royces. I had the watches. I had the women. I had the partying. I had everything. And I had nothing. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And this brings me to the second I am. Because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Yeah, you can clap. It's okay to clap in church. I'm the bread of life. John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger. And who, he who believes in me shall never thirst. This is not only powerful, but it's profound and it's extremely powerful in context. He says, I am the bread of life, right? Man, if you, if you come to me and you eat of me, you you will never go hungry. You can keep eating all that other stuff and you're going to be starving. We live in a world that's like in 
spiritual malnutrition. Our world is, is spiritually anemic, spiritually anorexic. Because we're not eating and consuming the right nutrients. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never get hungry. And here's the context. Jesus just feeds 5,000 people. He just feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. He just feeds probably 15,000 people-ish. With five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus says to his disciples, it's getting late in the night. We need to feed these guys. The disciples are like, yo, man, it would take like a year's worth of wages. We don't have that kind of food. We don't have that kind of money. We don't have that. Like what? And Jesus is like, hey, there's a little fella down there. He got some food. Jesus, he's only got five small barley loaves of bread and two small fish. Jesus is like, that's great. Bring it to me. Bring it to Jesus. It's all they got. Bring it to Jesus. What's he do? He takes it. He blesses it. And he multiplies it. This isn't even my sermon today. But when you give God everything you got, he is going to bless it and he is going to multiply it. Some of you, not all of you, will never know that. Because you'll never give him everything you've got. So they feed 15,000 people. 12 baskets full come back of leftovers. And everybody ate and had their fill. It gets so late into the morning. It's 3, 4 a.m. Jesus is like, yo, disciples, y'all can roll out. I'll dismiss the crowds. Who does that? You imagine like Coach Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns telling all the security people and everybody like, you guys can go. I got the crowds tonight. (laughs) Like this is cool Jesus type stuff. Crowds are gone. Jesus leaves. Goes up on the mountainside to pray. Has some alone time. Comes back down to find his disciples. They had dipped on him. They got on the boat and left. (laughs) Like with friends like that, who needs enemies, right? They're gone. In fact, the Bible says they, they're three, four miles out on the water at this point. It's the middle of the night. They're three, four miles out, three, four a.m. in the morning. Well, what's Jesus going to do now? I'll just go for a walk on the water. That's what I'll do. Jesus starts walking on the water. Three, four miles. Then he gets, it's, isn't it just like Jesus? It's only Jesus, like, not only to walk on water. He literally walks straight to the boat. And then the disciples start tripping. They're like, whoa, dude, there's a ghost. Yo, yo, homie, there's a ghost. You see the ghost over there? Like, man, Jesus is like, it's not a ghost, it's me. And Peter's like, Jesus, if it's you, if that's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. And Jesus says, okay, come. Peter gets out of the boat. Would you just jump out? I wouldn't. Would you? You're like, oh, yeah, I got that much faith. Like, no, you got to test that crap out first. Like, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. You know, you're like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You're like, yeah, this is working out great. You know, you start doing your little like dance and everything. And then the Bible says he starts looking at the waves and he starts thinking about the wind and he starts to take his eyes off Jesus. And the Bible says he starts to sink because anytime in your life that you take your eyes and your focus off Jesus, your life is going to sink. Anytime it will sink. 
So Jesus, being the Jesus that he is and the good God who loves us in spite of us, he goes over and he says, Peter, why did you have a little faith, man? Gets them back in the boat. They get over to the other side of the body of water and they end up in the town of Capernaum, which, by the way, is where Jesus headquartered his ministry out of. And then some people came up and they said this, Jesus, if you're really the Messiah, are y'all ready for this? I won't do it for three of you that are ready for it. They say, Jesus, Jesus, if you're really the Messiah, give us a sign. This is, this is why Jesus is Jesus and Travis is Travis. Because in that moment, I get big attitude. Did you just say you want a sign, bro? You mean like feeding 15,000 people with enough food for two kind of sign? You mean like walking three, four miles at three, four a.m. on top of the water kind of sign? Why is it that as humanity, God can prove himself over and over and over and over and over and we still, God, oh, I need you, God. I need you to show me that this is you. God shows you and shows you and shows you and we're like, God, we still need you to show us. (laughs) But Jesus doesn't do that because he's Jesus and I'm not. And Jesus says, a sign? Yeah, the Israelites had a sign. Moses, they had a sign. They had manna from heaven. Jesus is like, you want a sign? I am your sign. I am the manna from heaven. I am the bread of life. I'm your sign. You understand the context a lot better now. And he says, I am the bread of life, you know. I am the bread of life. I love this statement. I, I, I decided to make a little visual out of it. The bread of life. I'll make sure... Make sure, hey, come closer, come closer. Come, don't be shy. I don't want to come to you, come to me. Bread of life. I got some bread. It's just bread, man. It's just bread. It's it. It's literally bread. Bread of life. Okay? And think about this. If Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, what is he saying? He's saying, if you consume my word, if you are a person of prayer, If you're a person of worship, if you're a person who lives by the word and abides by the word, your life will be blessed because of it. I'm the bread of life. And then that got me thinking, because if there's a bread of life, there must be a bread of death. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a bread of death. So I got you right here. Bread of death. This is. This is just the bread of death. I bought this at the store and it's all moldy and, and, and I started thinking, look at this. Isn't that yummy? Can you get a good picture of that mold? That's, that's what I'm talking about right there. Oh, look at that. Yahweh, that's fire right there, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I didn't get my first tattoo till I was 47 and now I'm going to get everywhere. I'm going to get forehead tattoos, nose tattoos. I'm going to be... The bread of life, the bread of death. And this really got me thinking, which ones do we consume the most of? 
because the bread of death is a menu that the devil offers us. And this is crazy because I, I just so happen, hold on, I just so happen to have the devil's menu right here. Got the devil's menu. You're asking stupid questions, bro. I'm about to tell you what's on it. The devil's menu. I want you to holler back. I just don't want you to be dumb about it. That's what I'm saying. Because this, I know it's a lot of pressure. Like, I got to say the exact same thing PT wants me to say, but just don't be stupid. But anyway, the devil's menu. This is what he does, man. This is what he does. Check this out. The devil comes up to us. We're at a restaurant. The devil comes up and he's like, would you like a menu? And don't act. We all go, yeah. And he offers us this menu and nothing on the menu is good for you. Nothing. It's all the bread of death. Nothing on the devil's menu is good for you. Let me give you an example. His menu here, I got some drunkenness. I got some cheating. I've got some selfishness. I've got some hypocrisy. I got some gossip. Don't act like y'all don't gossip. Church people are the worst. We got some sexual immorality. Church people are the worst. Greed, lust, envy, pride. And then we right here, we got the devil's daily special. Mix and match any two for the price of one. You know what's crazy though about the devil? He doesn't just offer you the menu. He tries to convince you that what's on it's good for you. Because in 2 Corinthians, it says that the devil, he disguises himself like an angel of light. Eve, it's okay. Take that fruit. No, that's not what God meant. I know it's written in the Bible, but that's not what God went. He meant. We got a culture today trying to rewrite the Bible. And he tries to convince you. It's convincing. Let me tell you. And he's like, no, it's good for you. It's not bad for you. I I have a favorite restaurant. Does anybody have a favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant is right here down the road. It's called Culinary Dropout. I love culinary dropout right here at Scott's LaCour. I eat there twice. I'd eat there all day, every day. If I, if you own that restaurant, you should give me lifetime free food for plugging you like 19 times this weekend. (laughs) But I had to, I had to change my selection of the menu after I had a stroke. And I mean, I have been since, Hey, if you almost die, that's going to change your life. And if it doesn't, you're going to die. <laughs> so I have been working out like a flipping bodybuilder. I have been eating. Per- I mean, when I mean perfect, I mean, I don't eat bread ever. I eat perfect. So I changed my diet. I go to culinary dropout and this is what I order now. I order two salmon fillets and a trout fillet. Nothing on it. Don't you dare put, to cook that in oil. Any of any kind. 
I don't want no spices. Just with the fish, just the way it came out the ocean. <laughs> if anybody, you, you're a healthy eater, when you go to a restaurant, they look at you like you're a monster. So you, 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 you just want two salmon fillets and a trout fillet, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anybody have a dog? Where they, you know, you got a dog and they're like, huh? And I'm like, that, that's I, literally just what I said. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I want. But there's this, this item on the menu that is like of the devil. And it is a temptation of mine because they have this appetizer. It's this, this, these pretzels with this like provolone fondue dip. And every time I go there, I go with people. They get the appetizer. It's always your friends that lead you off a cliff. Make no mistake about it. So I, I want you to know for four and a half months, I have literally passed every pretzel provolone test that has been thrown at me by the devil, by the enemy. And then my, and then my mom, my mama, we had a birthday party last week and my mama threw a party and, um, you know, cooked food and dessert (laughs) and like my favorite dessert was there and it's homemade banana cream pie I know I know (laughs) you know it's good when it sounds good at 11 a.m. you know like and I sat there and I looked at that pie and I was in turmoil like I literally went ah (laughs) <laughs> My wife now is like, okay, buddy, like, the temptation is overwhelming. And the devil's a liar. Say it out loud. The devil is a liar. The devil's a liar. Because the devil tries to start convincing me that it's good for me. It has banana. Bro, it's got banana. You're good. And that's what he does to you. You're married and you're at work. It's just flirting. Then it turns into an affair. That's what the devil does to you. He says, oh, you just drink this for now. Use this for now to cope. And then you end up in bondage. I want to tell you, there's not a person in here, not one, this has not happened to. He tries to slowly bait us in. He tries to slowly bait us in to death. He wants to kill your purpose. He wants, listen, what you consume in life consumes you. You are what you eat. The devil wants to destroy you. That is his whole goal. And make no mistake about it, you can consume things that will kill your calling. You can consume things that will kill your marriage. You can consume things that will kill your joy and your peace and your future. That is his whole point. We have become, in 2023, a vulture culture. A culture that likes to feed on dead things. 
I don't understand why we become obsessed and like salivating just to feed on dead things and anything the world has to offer us. It is a dead thing. And what you feed your soul, it grows. But what you starve it of will die. Take a bite, man. It's okay for you. The devil's menu. But see, this is, this is what I love is that God, he also offers us a menu in his holy written word of God. And he, he's asking you today. He's asking you. Would you like a menu? God is asking, would you like a menu? The thing about God's menu is, it's only full of life. It's only full of life. If we actually walked out, lived out God's word, we would have true fulfillment, true peace. True joy. Oftentimes we have God's menu. We just don't read it. I'll get the same thing every time. I don't need a menu. I just want your favor, God. Just give me favor. Just give me your blessing. Give blessing, 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 blessing. It doesn't work like that. You got to read the menu. We, We live in a day and age where the world... Is trying to, they're trying to tell us, they're trying to tell us what the word says. No. We're going to read this thing, study this thing. We are going to tell the world what the word says. Because he is the bread of life. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this great morning. We thank you for this great day. I thank you for every person that joined us today. In, in the, inside this building, in the overflow tents, online. God, we're grateful to celebrate Easter as a church family called Impact Church. God, we want, we want to eat and consume the bread of life. For you are the resurrection and the life, and you are the bread of life. If you're here today... And you say, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would go to heaven if I died. I, I don't know. The Bible says this, that in fact, that the words of Jesus in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die for you. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved. And if today you say, man, you know what? I'm not a Christian, but I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to Christ. I've been literally right there, right where you are, where I made a decision. And that decision made me. And it's the best decision I ever made is to say, Jesus, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm in. 
I want to live for you because you died for me. If that's you today and you say, PT, that's me. That's me. I, I want to take this step of faith today. Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just to respect each other. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. One. Two. Three. Lots of hands. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of hands. Hundreds. You can, you can put your hand down for just I'm, I'm really proud of you. If you did not lift your hand. If you did not lift your hand. Well, that means that either you're already a Christian and you know you're Christian. You know if you died that you would go to heaven. But it could also mean, I don't know, man, I still have some doubts. I get that too because I've been right there. I've lived in that space. And if you're not ready today, we'll be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And you can always reach out to us. For those of you that lifted your hands, I'm proud of you. I celebrate with you today because the Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. The Bible says if anything is in Christ, if you come to Jesus Christ, that the old is new, that the, 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 the old is gone and that the new has come and you got new life today. The Bible says that God cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. Can you imagine that he res- remembers our sins no more? So I want us to close like this together as a church family. Everybody, everybody out in the overflow tents, everybody. I want to pray out loud together. Repeat this prayer after me today. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for giving me yours. I want to live for you because you died for me. Thank you for unconditional love. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen, 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 amen. Congratulations, everybody. Happy Resurrection Sunday. I hope that you have a great week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit www.impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.